0: We're gonna do something. I don't know what. We're a fantasy baseball or a baseball. We're a bucket. We're a bucket. Dude,
1: seriously?
0: <laughs> baseball. Baseball. Five fans. Four fans. Let's talk baseball. What
1: is he on today? What? I have no idea what's going on. Here, nor do I. Oh um, well, you're the Hi. you're the producer. The start of the show. What do you want from me, sir? Sure. Uh, here, I <laughs> Because I'm an idiot. That's beautiful. That's
0: really the best thing you've ever said on this podcast. Like, oh my god, did you see the guy's butt?
1: Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, oh, that's magic. I have no idea what's going on here. Nor do I. And I, I don't know how to flick. You cannot take that off. Surprised. <laughs> seems to be what we do. He read a whole. There's like a, we got a checklist. We, we got this. A whole list yeah. of things. You're good. That's on you. Welcome to the
0: My Franchise Baseball Podcast. I am Glenn. I am joined by my co host, Mike. Hello. And our lovely but somewhat doubtful producer, Skeptical, For Skeptical. Skeptical. Sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, indeed. Um, what we'll have faith Dizzle. in us, Diz?
1: Uh, that's what I'm here for. Faith. George Michael. Indeed. Yeah, yes, sir. I just uh, tear you down and then I bring you back up when you need it. When, um,
0: when can we expect some of that?
1: <laughs> Is there any... that was almost beam coke out of my <laughs> nose, by the way. That was incredibly close. Here we are, episode 61. <laughs> Why do
0: you build me a cup, baby? Just to let me down. See what you did? I'm See sorry. what you did. I'm sorry. We are expecting that, were you? <laughs> anyway, uh we are we are watching the The final game Game of the of the ALDS is this the ALDS? Yep. (laughs) I mean DS land. Uh, yeah, Yankees. Rays still tied one one at the moment Uh, that we we are speaking to. Yep, one one in the bottom of the seventh right now. A classic for the ages. Well, that might be pushing it, but could be. We'll see how it all ends out. Although that uh, what was it? Game three Astros A's, the like home runathon. Yeah. That looked like that was one of those ones that like every time I would like click
1: over and check I was just like damn well, I should be watching this. Has, has anybody checked to make sure the Astros don't have like electronic devices on them? I'm, I'm just, sure I'm somebody just has. I don't know. They should I'm be getting sh- like a pat down or a fucking. I'm X-ray sure if anybody or...
0: finds them, 2 Tuvale explain that it's preventing him from getting the Rona or something like that, and that's why he has to wear. This. Oh yeah, and that's please definitely. Please don't take my shirt off. It's protecting me from the Rona. It's not because I have an electronic buzzer near me so that I can bat. T- what um. Uh, he played pretty. Did he play okay though? Correa played really well. Correa and Springer, I think, both played really well. Um, so yeah, Astros moving on. It's fucking Astros, Astros. It's, I like I said, dude. It, in a sense, it's, in a sense, it's good because well, it's it's a storyline. It, as long as we have, as long as there's a bad guy, there's always somebody to root against. Right. You know. I mean, we're rapidly approaching well, it being the, the problem is there versus the
1: trash can banging astro thingamabob the big problem is is that for us as baseball fans there's not a whole lot of anybody left to root for other than kind of the braves
0: i you know in a sense because i actually thought about this today for a minute because you know you see the posts of things of like you know astros knocking down hater nation astros continue their shut them the fuck up tour and blah 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 and this and that and it's yeah. like you know what i I actually do kind of dig that. Yeah. I actually kind of appreciate that and it's like they've got to be they've got to be overly scrutinized, right? You what? have to imagine that they're
1: Has any team ever had a bigger
0: chip on their shoulder? Um I don't know, I'm on the second to last episode of The Last Dance now, so <laughs> it's entirely possible that the Michael Jordan led Chicago Bulls had had a bigger chip on their shoulder just from being, uh, I had no, like, I really had no idea like what kind of dude Michael Jordan really was Yeah. until watching this thing. Um, you know, cause you got, and f- can I say for the record, like the first, like, cause I feel like the first episode was pretty clean in the language department. And then Michael said like, shit about something, and it was like, well, damn, I just saw yeah, Michael, Michael Jordan. Michael's swear, I must swear. I saw swear. Michael Jordan cuss, all right, that's crazy, because I'm like, Space Jam, be like Mike, yeah. like that's how I grew up, with Michael Jordan, and stuff like that, and by this episode, the dude could be cutting, a gangster rap record, and still have to edit, some of it, I mean, it's like, yeah. every other word out of his mouth. like, well fuck that guy, I don't give a fucking shit, about that fucking guy, I fucked him up, real fucking good, like,
1: <laughs> we told you it was good, man. like, Dude. What, what since you since you brought awesome it up, stuff. Uh, we have finished season two of Cobra Kai. Okay. Pretty fucking... Pretty I think fucking, you said that last week. Did, did I? I? I don't think know. So. I think we Pretty good finish. fucking finale.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm, uh, I am uh, just dropped a trailer for season three. I haven't watched it yet. I, I think I might want to be surprised. I think it comes out in January, something like that. I don't know if they If you don't want to do... be surprised, we can watch it during the break, because I would watch it. Oh, that's fair. Uh, we come, all right, here's the thing like you can clearly tell it because the Astros and the fucking Dodgers and the Braves are in it that we don't care about baseball anymore. So the second segment we're gonna come back and break down the trailer for Cobra Kai and then season two of the Mandalorian, which is about to come out. is that a is that coming out yeah. I don't know oh, any, soon. I like it's the next the next I think it's October yeah. yeah I'm not a I'm not a Star Wars guy. My wife is, so I'm sure she'll be mandalorian all over the place but i got a shit ton of records you should tell
1: to... her that i got a vader craft made apron
0: i will remember to tell her that I'm because sure i know she will not listen to the
1: podcast there's really no nothing maybe she... i'll just text her and be like hey by the way i bought a craft made apron it's called the vader
0: i saw that one i uh because i got my first i got my black and blue one uh just the other day in the mail and i'm digging it so far i like it yeah. it's a nice apron um they make good stuff they do make good stuff i dig those guys out there so um i kind of want a hat i was thinking about going back and getting a hat maybe i need a house apron now too i got a work apron <laughs> kind of developing this like aprons and vinyl come over and see my collections <laughs> it's wow. super so exciting cool. us getting a new house is going to be terrifying for you <laughs> you're gonna have like an apron closet is there an apron closet in yeah. the house? You know what? There this will be. The it's qu- the one by the garage. This is the question that I failed to ask you last week.
1: Like, and I can't believe it. Is there a baseball room? Not really, but there's going to be a vinyl room, we think. Okay, I'm hip to
0: that. But I, the countless hours we spent analyzing homes for their potential to have a baseball the, room. The basement the could kind of be.
1: homes. Well, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, when we were going to buy a compound time. together.
0: Oh, that's right. I remember the days of purchasing uh, Bestieville somewhere in Bestieville. somewhere on Summit Avenue to just, uh, I don't know, I, just to hang out and watch Cobra Kai together and discuss the, the merits of the Houston Astros, et cetera, et cetera. So. Uh, there
1: will be a baseball room of some sort because I have some memorabilia that I need to have displayed in a new house. No idea if that'll be the living room or the basement living room or the 14 spice room or whatever, but there'll be there'll be something somewhere.
0: I have that weird thing with like the basement, the basement hangout area, yeah. the man cave, whatever you want to call it, where like I have obviously a ton of records down there. I have a bunch of books and things down there, and I have like old movie posters that I have hung up, and then like I'll see. Like, I'll get a lot of the, like, records I buy the reissues will have, like, a poster in them. And I'm like, well, this would be kind of good. Like, I could frame this and put it up. Because, like, because that's my thing is if I put it in a frame, then I'm not a frat boy anymore. Sure. Yeah. Right? It it's kind of, you know, at least it's, like, it's a little bit classic. It's not I, just a poster. It's yeah. I did convince my wife that we, and, and I got a frame for it, this enormous poster of Freddie Mercury that came with an issue of Classic Rock that I was like, we're putting this up somewhere in this house and it's in like the second bedroom but it's still it's just like here you go here's our wedding photo here's Freddie fucking Mercury like, there's
1: one big difference though what else do you need you don't have fucking kids terrorizing your house no I don't Um I just have so leaving things like vinyl out in the open not as dangerous it Sounds like I d-
0: actually I think it's more dangerous because like I have cats and the cats will just like chew on the plastic and pull the vinyl out by that like the kids at your kids aren't at like just shove your face up against a piece of plastic. And, Are you trying and to tell me that, that, that if my cage. kids
1: lived in your house, so they wouldn't play frisbee with a with an album in the basement? No, because they, they would, would.
0: They would just be like chained up in some corner somewhere. Oh, good. Hi, did you touch the vinyl? Okay. <laughs> you
1: now, to I don't rent the kid too.
0: No, weirdo. <laughs> that was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. All right, Siri. So yeah, I think we need a break. We probably need, we got uh, regroup. We probably need a really long break, and then uh, what are we gonna we're do? gonna watch the trailer. Oh yeah, we're gonna do Cobra Kai and come back, and maybe we'll give baseball. you a review of it. We'll think about baseball during the break, and uh, we'll be right back.
1: Welcome back to the My Franchise Baseball Podcast. I am Mike, joined by my bestie Glenn. Yes, and our producer Dizzle. Hello. Um. So we. So whoa, whoa! First of all, Cobra Kai
0: trailer was what, like thirty seconds long?
1: Yeah, I really didn't give anything other than one thing. So, yeah. So yeah. So like, okay, thanks a lot. <coughs> like I didn't expect that. Neat. Cobra Kai never dies. Here we go. Boom. Season three. Thanks, season three. Yeah. Um. So throughout this entire season, we, we've given the Padres a lot of love. Yes, we have. Um, especially the second half of the season as they became the Slam Diego Padres. We certainly jumped on their bandwagon. Um, was, I, there was a form to fill out. There was. I, I, I have an issue with Padres fans. Not necessarily with the Padres, I guess a little bit with the Padres, but mostly with their fan base. Sure. One, when you beat the Cardinals, Celebrate. Be happy that you not only made the playoffs, but that you won a playoff series for the first time in a long time. We're we're all happy for you. There's no reason to harass the Cardinals team bus on their way out of town to stop them from being able to leave. You embarrass them on the field, let it go. You won. Be, yeah. the, be the better team. Yeah, I agree with that. And then, after the Padres gets, get beat by the Dodgers, Padres Nation comes out. It's a... I don't know if it's a it's not a it's on a website it's um a Twitter handle I think okay. at Padre's nation comes out and basically just talks a bunch of shit about the Dodgers and the fact that the the Dodgers beat up on the youngest team in the playoffs who didn't have their their top two starters blah 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 but they did and they had one of them for yeah kind of but still even if they didn't of <laughs> the Dodgers beat you yeah have some, have some fucking class. Yeah, it's, it's it's really, it's just really disheartening to see. I mean, have have some fucking class, period. It always cracks me up when
0: when people when people fan bases, teams, whoever it is, go into a situation is like. You know, nobody believes in us, but we're going to overcome And Nobody believes in us, but we're the underdog, and we're going to win this, and we're going to fight it out, and blah, blah, blah. And we're the better team, and we'll show them on the field. And then they lose, and they're like, whoa, whatever, man. Like, we were, you know, beat up, and we're young, and like, yeah. congratulations on your $200 million payroll, blah, blah, blah. Like, dude, just, hey, man, that sucks. We'll be back next year. Like, yeah. I get it. Like, I I understand emotions running. Have, have had, the Jordan approach to it. I have had... Chicago Bears games and Chicago Cubs games ruin entire afternoons and evenings <laughs> for me because I was too emotionally invested in yes. in the deal. I've gotten into fairly stupid arguments with people over like whether or not my team sucks or whatever else kind of, you know, trash that that people get into. But yeah, like I don't really understand the whole the whole thing. Like, yeah, go out there Win, have some class when you do that. Lose, have some class when you do that. I think that's the the better way to do it. You know, well, and,
1: and for me, especially the, the Padres on the field this season had some attitude, and and it was it was great. I thought it was great for baseball. Ha- have some attitude, that's fine. But when it comes back at you, when when another team has attitude, don't throw it back in their face and be a, and, and cry about it. Yeah, I mean,
0: you have to be able to. Uh, if you're going to dish it out, you have to be able to take it. That's what they say. I, I would say is a is a pretty fair assessment. Yeah, you know, It's back to the actually back to the Jordan thing again with the with the Pistons and yeah the Isaiah Thomas deal and not shaking hands when the when the Bulls beat him. Yeah, And I'll say you know it's
1: like don't yeah don't be a little bitch. Yeah, have some class. Yeah, that's so that I mean. I still love the Padres. I, I I look forward to seeing what they do next year and for years to come. But it has some fucking class.
0: Yeah, it, I mean, I, and I, I hope they do keep their intensity. I hope they do keep their penchant for celebrations and bringing some fun back to. It's the, good for baseball. Uh, I I believe that that's accurate. But I but I also hope they can they can grow up a little bit in that that process yes. as well. So, yeah, whatever. Kudos. Good season. Lots of great, fun. Great like, season. It would have been nice for you to knocked off the Dodgers. Like I wanted to have somebody to cheer for. I really don't feel like I have anybody that I'm cheering yeah. for any longer. And I don't mean that as a slight against any single person's team. Um, right. If I at, at this point, you know, like I I I would back. I would probably back the Rays.
1: Yeah, Rays and Braves. Let's go.
0: Yeah that that would be that would be a good one from a baseball fan perspective. I think um, I think it would be better from a national perspective. If the Yankees or the Dodgers or the Astros or some combination of those three are, or in the words, either the Yankees and the Dodgers or the Astros and the Dodgers, I think gives some more national appeal to it than to just baseball fans, you know, like ourselves being, you know, kicking back and going, like, of course I want to see, you know, of course I want to see these young guys with the Braves, these young guys with the Rays do their thing but i think on a on a national level when we talk about what's good for the sport and we talk about how you're going to generate interest in baseball and and keep its popularity up the yankees are a, a long storied franchise the dodgers not as storied a franchise maybe as the yankees but still a fairly famous franchise with a lot of fairly famous faces wow, fairly famous faces is some awesome alliteration and at the, the same Astros, time there's
1: there's no there's nobody from the middle of the country no, but that
0: doesn't matter from a national rating standpoint. No,
1: but it just it just sucks because there's there's a lot of people that aren't going to tune in because they're not invested. Now, there, there's a lot of people who are going to tune in because it's the two biggest franchises. It's the two biggest markets. I get it.
0: Well, that's the thing is that you're losing less people by not having any Midwestern teams in there than you would be by not having any Coastal
1: teams in there. Yeah.
0: So, you know, let's just say, uh, let's say Twins. I mean,
1: do you think think they're watching in Pittsburgh and Philly and Boston because the Yankees are in? I think people who are watching
0: are watching because it's baseball. People who are interested in baseball are going to watch baseball. I think that the Yankees fan base and the Dodgers fan base spans well beyond New York and Los Angeles. True. And I think that the amount of people in the Midwest watching the Yankees versus the Dodgers would far outweigh the amount of people on the coasts watching the Twins and the Reds. That's fair. That's what I mean by that, that national perspective. I think that someone in, in, in Tallahassee, Florida is more likely to turn, tune into a Yankees-Dodgers World Series than a Twins-Reds World Series. Or even a... Twins-Reds sounds terrible, to be honest. Uh, yeah, you know. Or even a Tampa Bay-Oakland World Series. Yeah. You know, teams that did well. Teams that won their respective divisions. Yeah. You know, really good baseball teams. We forget. I don't... It, it's weird, like... And maybe, maybe a lot of people don't, but, like, I keep forgetting that the Rays are the one seed.
1: Yeah. Cause Cause they're, I keep, they're up against the Yankees that's why
0: yeah because we keep talking about this like I keep forgetting that the Astros were the seventh seed yeah I keep forgetting that like all these te- that like the narrative because of where we are now the narrative didn't start this way
1: right but part of that is also just because it's a 60 game season it's it's still a sample size of a, of a normal season there's a lot of there's a lot of ups and downs to a 162 game season and yeah. we and we missed a lot of that with the 60 game season. Yeah, we definitely did. And and I think
0: that I think I think when you look at it in that perspective, when you look at uh you know, take the Cubs for example, who I spent plenty of time bitching about last week on the podcast. If you really look at their season, most of it happened right at the beginning. I mean, they took off. They were the best team yeah. in baseball for the first month. Yeah. Nobody else in the central played well. No. And they sort of like the fact that four
1: teams from the Central made it is astounding.
0: The, the Cubs just kind of coasted on that through on that the end start. of the
1: season. You know,
0: they weren't necessarily. I think a season. I I think that trajectory played out over a whole season probably would have led to them being a wild card team or missing the playoffs.
1: Yeah, but, but but when you have a when you have three weeks to start the season and you're on fire. And you're talking about a 9, 10-week season.
0: Well, that's the impact that gets talked about all the time with the NFL. And I know we've talked a lot about football lately for some you know, odd reason. But in a 16-game, they always talk about teams that start 0-2 and, and the percentage chance of them making the playoffs. Yeah, The percentage of teams that start 0-2 that make the playoffs. And it's really low. It's like 16%, 12%, yeah. something like that. And that's because that is, what, one-eighth of your season yeah. right there? It's the same bit when you played well for thirty days, or you know for for what was it twenty days in a sixty game season? That's a third of the season. Yeah, in a hundred and sixty two game season, that's a blip on the radar. Yeah, you know, who, have you ever sat at the end of April and gone like looked at a team that was like first place in their division and gone like, well, that's the end of it. That that's that's the yeah. standing. These are the final standings right here. No. You would never do that.
1: Remember, remember the Mariners? Was it last year where they they came oh, out of the geez. gates yeah. really hot and they they were below 500?
0: Yeah, yeah, but it looked like from that first, and I think even into May a little bit, yeah, you had that like, wow, Seattle could make some noise, and it's yeah. like, yes, as they plummet like a rock to the bottom of their division. Yep, it the short season is still weird to me. It is, but. Here we are at the end of it.
1: Yeah, getting real close. I mean, we're after today, we'll be down to four teams.
0: So uh, you know, at, like we said, Atlanta, we're we're pretty cool with. I like it. I love some of the young players there. Yeah. Um. And and Freeman being a, I mean, a vet at this point, but
1: it's, again, surprisingly, it's, ten years into his career.
0: Yeah, but a gr- I mean, a great baseball player, a guy who probably deserves more recognition than he gets. I think. Nationally. Oh, absolutely. I think it would be. I, I think he should be a little more well known
1: than he is. Um, well, the the stat that that we that I talked to you about uh, before we started the podcast tonight was that he is the first player or the only the second player since nineteen twenty to be top four in Major League Baseball in hits, doubles, RBIs, and walks. And who's the other one? It's Lou Gehrig. It Lou Gehrig, because you got this from your Lou
0: Gehrig fact a day calendar. Yeah. My stat a day, actually, there. but Lou Fer- Lou Ferris, Lou Gehrig. Fact of the day calendar No, stat of the day that You just keep on your On your desk Somewhere It's actually on my phone it's It like, just It like rolls over On it's own every day It's what cool. What Gehrig stat Do we have today Uh, no That's That's pretty impressive this Is the first player it, You said he's the first player Since Gehrig Yep Okay I didn't know if he said First player Or first, first baseman or No, whatever. first I player saying, Okay, cool like,
1: He's only Yeah, only the second player Since 1920
0: I love it, by the way, when people feel the need to do, like, he's the first first baseman to do this. Or he's the first relief pitcher to only pitch the seventh inning uh, who has accomplished this feat doing that since this guy. And it's like, you don't have to break, like, it. it's cool that he did that, but you don't have to, like, cherry-picking stats is one thing. Cherry-picking <laughs> categories to lead yeah. in stats is a whole, whole well, other thing.
1: Yeah, I, I don't want to admit it. But the Astros are in their fourth straight ALCS.
0: Fourth straight ALCS. That's, fourth straight. I mean, here's the deal. Like, and this weirds me out thinking about the Astros too, is like, did anybody think the Astros were a shitty team? Did We didn't hate the Astros while they were being the Astros, right? No. Like. No, I loved them. Like, it's kind of the Maguire and Sosa thing with the Astros, isn't it? Yeah, a little like, bit. Like they were just really good. Like we were just really into that. Yeah. And then like two years later, it was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Stop. We don't like them anymore because they were drugs. And it's like, it was kind of the same thing. It's like that. It it, and it does boil down a little bit to the same concept as like the the steroid thing of just like you still have to hit those pitches. You know. Yeah. I, you know what's coming, but you still have to do it. You got to do something with it. You still have to be able to do that. So, I am by no means like trying to give the Astros a pass or or say that I'm like cheering for them or anything. But it would be kind of I mean, I don't I really don't have a problem if they like finished off the like quiet the haters tour with a World Series victory. It would I, be kind of fun in a way.
1: I I will pass on that. Um I I can't even imagine how many conspiracy theories there would be about what they're using to cheat now
0: it should be it would be very be very very interesting do you think they have like the signals written on the inside of their masks or something is that are they have they got communication devices hidden within the masks that they can
1: maybe that they and the and the helmet they get a little earpiece earpiece maybe and the, who and knows masks. Just um, a little clip on microphone. I think one thing that I haven't heard enough people talk about is the fact that both A.J. Hinch and Alex Cora are going to be eligible to be managers again next season.
0: And they're both being interviewed by the, the Detroit Tigers, I think, yeah. already.
1: Which I'm, to be honest, shocked by. I mean, I I, I know that A.J. Hinch is a, is a good manager, is a well-respected manager, but the fact that somebody's ready to just jump in right away surprises me. There's talk to Alex Cora, Cora might be back with the Red Sox. Yeah, I, I I don't know.
0: I there's so many stories about what went on or what happened or how it happened or who knew what and who did what yeah. to who that I I'm really lost on like who to believe in any of that regard. The the fact of the matter though is like you look at Major League Baseball at the NFL, at the NBA, it's always the copycat league and it's always the retreads of guys who have either been successful or have run a classy program, i.e. Dusty getting the gig in yeah. Houston. You know, it's Well, like, Dusty's been successful too. He has, but his hiring, let's face it, was all about like, we are yeah. going to prove that everything
1: is above the board right now. Like, that's our big... Well, let's be honest, just bringing in Dusty Baker, I don't think it's going to make anybody believe that everything's on the up and up. Yeah. Just because 70-some-year-old Dusty isn't in the know of whatever bullshit might be going in the background doesn't mean that you're squeaky clean.
0: I've, I've got to say, you know, if I haven't said it before, like there's a pretty good chance that there's 29 other teams that were stealing signs. They just weren't doing it as well as the Astros, and they just weren't doing it as obviously as the Astros. Yeah. So I, there's... There seems to be every year a different sort of. There was some stuff with the watches a couple of years ago, yeah. and there was some stuff with what was the deal with like the guy who worked for the Astros, who used to work for the Cardinals, who like still had all the Cardinals' computer passwords. Yeah, I remember that. Or something like that, because the Cardinals aren't smart enough to like change the fucking locks on their doors after they fire somebody. Yeah.
1: Like, well, we've we've talked about it before. There, there is always some sort of darkness in the background of baseball. There's always something sports sure, but but baseball specifically has, has always been a, a a dirty sport. There's always been a scandal. There's always been something there's always been cheating. There's always something going on with with baseball where somebody's trying to push it a little too far.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, um so theoretically like I said, this is the clean year for the Astros, so it I like I said, I, I don't think I would hate them them shutting up the haters. I think that's the the, that's yeah. the common commonly used phrase. Whatever they're trying to do. It should do. be I like taking out the trash or something. I know, right? They should I would have made a I would have made shirts like that. Taking out the trash, twenty twenty. Astros
1: World Series. Corona Champs. Corona Champs. Yeah. So
0: I don't know, are you, are you, they're all good teams though, right? Yeah, like I'm, they, I'm not, I, at this point I'm not really excited about the rest of the playoffs. The World Series is going to be good baseball. Sure. We're not going to say, but I mean there's not like, a, you don't feel like somebody totally outclasses the other teams in town. No,
1: but. It, all but, these
0: teams are fairly well matched, I would say. Sure. I don't think the Dodgers are going to run over the Rays. I don't think anybody's
1: gonna run over anybody.
0: That's that's what I'm saying. There's there should be a shot for some pretty good
1: baseball the rest of the way down I, the stretch. I, I want to pick the Braves, but they fucking burnt me last year and got beaten the first round. So I don't know. Maybe maybe because they have now won a playoff game or a series, and now they've won two. Maybe they have some momentum and they're you know the monkeys <laughs> off their back. I I would love to see them put it together. They they are good in all aspects of the game.
0: We'll see. I think if I recall correctly before the playoffs started I picked the Dodgers and the Rays and I think I picked the Dodgers to win. So So I guess my 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 cheering interests are are all falling by the wayside, but my uh expert predictions are still hanging in there. So we'll see if that uh pans out. Do you want to uh You want to take a break and then do just a whole bunch of Ode to a Dead Guy? Yeah, there's a lot of this. There's a lot of unfortunate passings away. So we should break down a couple of those here on the My Franchise Baseball podcast. For fans, by fans. Welcome back to the My Franchise Baseball Podcast. I am Glenn. I am joined by my co-host Mike Jello. and our wonderful talented producer Dizzle. Hi. And we are we're going to do the sad part now. Yeah. yeah there's like a, there's a lot. Yeah. So like a minutes after like what like half an hour after you had left my place from recording last week, yeah. you texted me that Bob Gibson had passed away. Yeah. And you uh, are an, an enormous Bob Gibson fan. Uh, I am. I always have been.
1: Um, one of my top five favorite players of all time,
0: and a profoundly intimidating
1: presence. Yeah, he like he might be the original like intimidator on the mound.
0: Yeah, and um, very like I, I was reading a bit about him over the last couple of days, and like very a lot of similarities in what I was reading to the to the Michael Jordan kind of approach to, yeah. to things. And, you know, because I, I, I don't think I've brought – I haven't brought up fictional baseball world uh, yet on on this episode. And like I've said before, like, like as like the screens are loading, as it's like saving and stuff like that, it'll just flash a bunch of quotes uh, up at the top of the screen. And one that always caught my attention even prior to, uh, you know, this past week is a quote from Bob Gibson that – Says, when I knocked a guy down, there was no second part of the story. And I was like, <laughs> "That sounds like Muhammad fucking Ali." Yeah,
1: that doesn't sound like a baseball like, quote. That
0: doesn't sound like a pitcher. Yeah. Um. So, I think of the uh of the various. The various thing, and and I'm not going to do any justice to this uh, story that that I'm about to rattle off, but you can find. Uh, I saw it on YouTube, and it's Bob Costas talking about uh, Bob Gibson. On, oh, I heard part of it today on one of the MLB shows, and and so he explains that Bob Gibson's last pitch uh, was against the Cubs at, at Bush Stadium, and he gave up a grand slam to Pete LeCocq. Yeah, and. Um, and his manager had not wanted to take him out of the game. He wanted Bob to, you know, walk off on his own power or what, you know, like yeah. walk into the uh, – you walk off on, on his own, on his own terms. And uh, and after the Grand Slam, he he took him out. The game was fairly out of control. It's time to, you know, move on. And, uh, you know, the way Costas tells it, like a decade later, there's an old-timers game. Bob Gibson is pitching and Pete LeCocq. Comes up to bat,
1: yeah, and Bob Gibson plunked him. I was—I told the story to my stepdad last week. I think the day after Bob Gibson died.
0: And so, when Bob Costas asked Bob Gibson about it, Bob Gibson—Bob Gibson's response was, "The scales have to be balanced. Doesn't matter how long it takes, (laughs) or something like that." It's just like. (laughs) and i just see him as this like angry like buddha figure yeah just like dishing out wisdom and intimidation <laughs> in equal parts and that's the kind of thing balance like, that's the kind of thing i can get behind the scales have to be balanced yeah says bob gibson in like angry buddha pose but yeah from what all the all the things i've read about about him from people he played with people he played against is that he was an enormously intimidating
1: figure. Well, and so when Bob Gibson came to be Bob Gibson, circa like 1964, he he was like he was the intimidator, and he and he helped carry the Cardinals to the World Series that year. Yep. And before Bob Gibson. Whitey, Whitey Ford who also passed away today was 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 I think widely looked at as the most the World Series pitcher. Yeah. The greatest World Series the, the, pitcher. the big game pitcher. Yep. Yeah. Um so for for those two to to pass away a week away from each other is, is eerie and cool and
0: yeah, uh you know, and Whitey Ford's still like Bob Gibson's Bob Gibson's postseason, i.e., World Series success, is not something to be it's it's not something you can argue against. Right. Whitey Ford is still going to maintain that greatest of all time postseason pitcher thing, for the same reason that like Jeter, for example, is going to maintain his, yep. because it happens so many times.
1: Well, and the other thing to remember too, when you're when you're when you're compare when when you see somebody talking about stats from today, like. Like George 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 Springer has a ton of home runs in the postseason. I think he's like top five all time. Sure, you got to remember when you're talking about the all time greats, the old school guys. The playoffs was the World Series. Right. There weren't two or three or four rounds like there are this this year. The the number of games that you played were a lot less, and those guys still compiled those big stats.
0: Yeah, it's it's a huge it was huge, and it's it's interesting. Like the '64 World Series. It was uh, Yankees and Cardinals, and that's really where Bob Gibson became Bob, Bob Gibson, Gibson, like you said. And it's also, I think Whitey Ford pitched one game of that World Series and had like an 8-11 ERA. You know, this was the end of Whitey's career. Yeah. So we don't really have the like... The head-to-head. Head. Yeah, we don't really have the legendary like Whitey Ford face Bob Gibson on this day in in this year in a postseason game. Well, they wouldn't have played during the regular season. Right. At all. So... I don't know. Uh, is Whitey Ford now? Whitey Ford is the the story where he pitched a no hitter with Yogi Berra catching, but Mickey Mantle calling the game from center field. Is that the? I believe that's is correct. that the story. Yes. Like I don't know if it's true, but the story is that yeah. Mantle was like. Was like signaling into, I think it was Yogi Berra. I think it was Yogi. Uh, was signaling into the catcher, Yogi Berra, to signal to uh, Whitey, Whitey Ford, w- what, what the, the pitches were. And I, I believe that's the three of them who yeah. were involved in that story, whether true or not. I should dig into that one. I, what, if I had more time
1: today, I wouldn't. Maybe my favorite thing about Whitey Ford that, is the fact, so but Whitey Ford is, is a Hall of Famer. Was, was an outstanding pitcher. He did not surprisingly make it in on the first ballot. Um, and I think he was very thankful, actually, because he went in the next year with Mickey Mantle, who was arguably his best friend. Yeah. Like, two, two guys who couldn't have been more opposite. Whitey Ford, who grew up in New York, grew up a Yankees fan. Uh, Mickey Mantle, who grew up in, in Oklahoma very very different guys very different backgrounds and from everything i've ever seen read or heard they hit it off from like the first time they met
0: yeah which that's that's cool i I, I do like stories like that i'm going to try and track down the um i'm gonna try and track down the bob gibson autobiography and and give that a read yeah if i can i haven't done enough like i keep alternating between like rock biographies and like chef books and then i'll throw in a baseball book every like fifth one and i haven't i haven't had a baseball one for a minute so
1: well speaking of
0: of rock and roll yeah um eddie van halen as well to to add a third to the oh do a dead guy segment
1: Uh, tonight on on your top five list of best guitar players ever is he on it
0: yes and no okay um, and yes, as far as, like, best guitar players ever, like, guys whose skills I would gladly, you know, take in place of my own. Hell and yes. Yeah. Favorite guitar players, not so much. Yeah. Just because there's guys I'd rather listen to do the thing that they do well than Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. Um. But to try to pretend that Eddie Van Halen didn't have an enormous impact on... Uh, rock music in general is pretty, pretty, like, sight. You're missing a whole lot yeah. of the point if you're like, oh, he's just a fucking wanker who played a lot of really fast notes. Yeah, he did. And he, re- like, he <laughs> invented an entire genre of rock and roll because of it. And in addition to that, you need to think about this. Like, if Eddie Van Halen is responsible for all the, like, shred fests and hair metal and hairspray and bollocks of the, like, 1980s and early 90s, yeah. then he is therefore also responsible for everything that happened after that. Yeah. Because as many people who picked up a guitar to be Eddie Van Halen, probably that many people picked up a guitar to like denounce the Eddie Van Halen's and the Shred Fests of the world and play three chords as fast as they could and take it all back to being the Ramones. Yeah. You know? Um, But I will tell you this You cannot argue with the first Van Halen album Yeah There is not an argument to be had That I am willing to listen to for even a moment When I hear the beginning of Ain't Talking About Love That shit gets turned up I don't (laughs) care if it's because my phone accidentally started playing it at a funeral I'm turning up Ain't Talking About Love I'm gonna hold you to that I believe you sir. (laughs) It's so fucking good. It's not, like, that song, it's all about, like, that intro. It's a great song. All of it is. But, like, it's just that that intro that gets you wound up with the phaser. You know? Uh, Not my favorite Van Halen song on that record. My favorite Van Halen song on that record is Atomic Punk, by the way, because that's some badass shit. And that's got a really cool intro, too. Um, But there's just something about... Ain't talking about love. That's just like you
1: gotta be I. I was I never the was biggest that. Van Halen fan. I do like the, the the early albums more than the rest. And for their for their genre, they probably are my favorite out of out of the bands. Shredder bands. Yeah,
0: yeah. Not,
1: the Shredder, Borderline Hair.
0: The thing too is that they like that. You know, the thing with Van Halen though is that they came out of the seventies. Um, So they came out of that version of arena rock, not the, you know, the stuff that came after it that became like, at first it was Motley Crue and Guns N' Roses and Poison and things like that. But then it became Warrant and Firehouse and all those other sorts of of silly things. So I think they had their, I think they still had their foot firmly planted in the like 70s arena rock deal. Um, And they, there was a lot of the wankery. There was a lot of show-offy, type tactics and, and styles that they played. But, I mean, it really was still, like, focused on actual songs. Yeah. And and songwriting and playing a song. And Not being good simply, musicians. Yeah, just, it wasn't just like, here's a showcase for... And they had that. I mean, Eruption was totally just a, this is a fucking four-minute guitar solo yeah, uh, type of deal. But they really... And, like, I mean, David Lee Roth and his... Not the greatest vocalist of all time, but one of the Showman. largest personalities in the history of of rock and rural music. But yeah, I like I am not the uh I, I'm not the type of guy who I think I have two Van Halen records on vinyl. It's not like I don't have like probably the whole catalog digitally somewhere, but I don't like I don't often sit around and go like it's a Van Halen kind of day. But yeah. but when I do or when like They make it onto a playlist of something and one of those songs pops up. Like I said, if I hear any talk about love, that shit's getting turned up like pretty goddamn loud because it's
1: it's great. It's it's really great stuff. Speaking, just speaking of music, did you, did you see what I shared today that I love that you have got to just hate?
0: Oh, yeah, I did. And I knew exactly, like, as soon as I read that title, I was like, that sounds like the worst fucking thing I can possibly imagine. I have no interest in that whatsoever. It was good. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> what, what what was the description? It was like, if Blink-182 wrote... Yeah.
1: Semi-Charm. Semi-Charm Life. Semi-Charm
0: Life. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I have no interest in that. Like, <laughs> I just don't. It's, it's not. It's amazing stylistically not my thing it would be like if oasis covered limp biscuit it'd be like i'd punch myself in the dick like i'd rather do that <laughs> I might listen punch to this, this is not the dick a thing that, that i'm interested in you know um <laughs>
1: <laughs> well that's that's how you laugh after three ode to a dead guys
0: yeah um you know that's you kind of brought up something as we were as we were kicking into this about saying like you know this is this is the whitey ford was 91
1: yeah um, he, was the, he was the second oldest Hall of Famer still alive. Bob Gibson was 80? No, uh, like 83 maybe. It's, you know, we're,
0: and you said it, and I said this a couple of years ago when like David Bowie, Lemmy, uh, and all these people started passing away. It's like, you're talking about guys who are, you're talking about 75, 80, 90 year old guys. Yeah, yeah that that generation of baseball players, that generation of rock musicians, they're they're going to pass away. Like yeah. this is, we're going to lose the things that we're at the age where we're going to lose the things our parents introduced us to, yeah. um, whether it's a baseball player, whether it's a rock musician, all those kinds of things. I think Eddie was only 65.
1: He's yeah.
0: young. Evan Halen was 65. He died of throat cancer and he used to smoke like four packs of cigarettes a day. So, yeah. you know, you can kind of put the pieces together on that. It's not, you know... It's still sad, obviously It's sad when a 91-year-old, you know, all-time great pitcher passes away yeah. It's okay to be sad about that kind of stuff Absolutely you know, Knock yourself out Be as sad as you want that Whitey Ford died Be as sad as you want that Bob Gibson died That's okay
1: Yeah, un- unfortunately, we're going to see a lot of the all-time greats leave us soon I mean, Hank Aaron is up there Willie Mays is up there Those are the two probably biggest ones that come to mind Tommy Lasorda's fucking 93 really? and It's still kicking, yeah He's yeah. the, I think he's the oldest living Hall of Famer.
0: I actually, as I was, so as I was rereading the Bob Gibson um, old bit in the New York Times before I came over here, there's like a link, it's, just, it's like remembering people who passed away this year, you know, and it's links and stuff, and one of them's Kirk Douglas, and A, I had forgotten that Kirk Douglas passed away this year. I don't year.
1: think I knew that. And
0: B, I had forgotten that Kirk Douglas was alive when I heard that he passed away, because he was like 110 or some damn thing, like... Like Kirk Douglas died early this year. Yeah. And I was like, my first reaction was Kirk Douglas is alive. Like that seems like a really long run for somebody, man. Yeah. Um. But anyway, that, yeah, you're, you're right. There's, we're, we're going to get this, uh, we're going to get a rash of this kind of stuff. And again, like the, you know, the same thing, the seventies, the sixties and seventies music icons, yeah you know they're they're gonna keep they're gonna keep uh uh passing away too as we go on so but uh, yeah i i don't know i i think it's okay to be sad about that stuff if if you really want to be absolutely if that if someone has moved your has moved you so much that you want to be uh upset by their passing then then yeah you go ahead and and feel free to so
1: oh yeah willie's willie's right there isn't he Oh, you got some uh, oldest living Hall of Famers yep. thing going on. Whitey man. Herzog. Whitey Herzog was a player too, right? He's just inducted as a manager. Uh, yeah, I Whitey, believe Whitey so, was a yeah. player, yeah. Yeah, Hank Aaron. Um, yeah, this this bothers me. Do you know that Bud Seelig is in the fucking Hall of Fame? Yeah.
0: Everybody, it, that always happens.
1: I know, it just sucks. It's I hate Bud
0: Seelig. It's kind of like... I don't know. It's kind of like Congress. You just like it's just going to happen eventually. Yeah.
1: Oh, you were at the commissioner of baseball. You get to go in yeah, the hall you of get fame. To be in the hall of fame. Thanks yeah. for commissioning. Excellent work. Even if you didn't do excellent work. Brooks Robinson's getting close. Orlando Cepeda. I feel like you're Juan trying. Marishaw. I feel like
0: you're trying to make this even more of a dragon than it already is. <laughs> yeah, kind like of. You're just trying to like. Here's our future. Oh yes. Here's our future potential episodes here so yeah anyway that is our
1: odes to dead guys odes
0: to to dead guys what um so you had you had mentioned last week did the race just win did they
1: i don't know i, I don't see know people i can't shaking hands
0: i see chapman yes chewing, they totally did chapman was chewing gum in that in that I-don't-like-what-I-just-did yes. sort of fashion. Thank you,
1: Rays. I'm going to get a get an official word here. Let's see what we got. Dizzle's waiting to see a final on the TV. Well, I mean, we know that they won. But Two to I one. i to the final. Two to one, Mike Brousseau
0: hit a homer in the bottom of the eighth. <sighs> awesome. Dude, actually a pretty solid game. I mean, three hits for either team. Yeah. Two to one Rays, that's... It's solid. It's pretty good baseball, man. Well, I mean,
1: it's two really good pitching staffs. Yeah. the st- The starters aren't as good for the Yankees, but their bullpen might be the best in baseball. It should be for how much uh, money I it know. has cost them. Um, I
0: mean, a lot of guys they got. All right. Stat- so j- just because, it.
1: just because we're back on the playoffs because okay. this is happening, uh, two things: one, the Marlins coming into the season had a two percent chance of making the playoffs. Yeah and played 57 games in 55 days. That's impressive. Yeah. I don't I don't know how much I buy
0: into percentage chances of making the playoffs when a game hasn't been played yet.
1: Okay, what what percentage chance would you have given the Marlins?
0: Oh, I'm I'm not saying that I thought they were going to okay. win. I just a 2% chance like who based on what?
1: based on what it says on my piece of paper right
0: like who determined that what's the I don't math know. that
1: goes into that so um, and then the other thing it's so, the
0: same kind of shit that results in people are always talking about like oh they have the easiest strength of schedule it's like not a, a single game hasn't been played yet yeah that team might That's go based out on and last
1: suck year. agreed okay did I clap enough in that bit there sure so anyway you're proud of the Marlins I am well. Just like I'm proud of the Padres. I mean, it's a it's a big deal for the Marlins for how bad they were to have made the playoffs, even in a sixty game season. Were you surprised that they got swept by Atlanta? A little bit, yeah. See, I, I, I didn't think know. they were going to win, but I thought they would have. I thought they would have won a game. They, they they have enough pitching. Yeah, their pitching might be better than Atlanta's, and Atlanta's is pretty good. Well, it is currently with most of Atlanta's pitching staff, and like.
0: You know, injury limbo. It basically spent the entire season with nobody but Max Freed or Fried or Freed. Is it Freed? Yeah. I was hoping it was. Actually, I wasn't hoping it was. I thought it was. I was hoping it was Fried because I think
1: that's way funnier. Max Fried. Yeah. Uh, anyways, what my other my right. other tidbit is the fact that the so the A's lost to the Astros. Obviously, the. A's used thirteen of their fourteen pitchers in that series. Yep, they did not use Mike Fri- Friars. They did not. The pitcher who I don't know if he left or he got traded, but he was on he was on Houston. He ended up with the A's the next season and basically ratted out and started the whole trash can debacle.
0: Yep, and then there were all the like, then there were all the like, just. St- stupid ass sports writers trying to remain in the like club yeah who did the whole like shut your mouth and don't be a bitch routine like oh yeah you totally shouldn't rat you totally shouldn't tell people when other people are cheating that's yeah yeah be a man what the fuck um why (laughs) put him on your playoff roster why would you put him on the roster for that series if right. you have, if you
1: don't intend on using him, right, or if you're like, man, shit's really got hit the fan. Well, f- put somebody else on your roster then. Yeah, I mean, they would have made it just as much, if not more, fun of that. But th- does it really matter? Try to win the series.
0: Yeah, I don't. If be- you're
1: if you're holding back from having a pitcher pitch because of, of his relationship with the Astros, then put somebody else on. Plus, like, what difference does it make? Like in. Is that going to – are they
0: going to play? Are they going to hit better because it's him? Is he going to – Maybe. Who Like, what's the – I don't know. That doesn't make a ton of sense. No, it doesn't. Plus, again, like, if you have no intention of using a person, maybe don't have them on the the limited roster for that series. Yeah. Maybe have somebody who you're thinking of using. Yeah. I don't know. I am not, you know, a GM – or anything you are on fictional baseball i am yeah (laughs) have been for many years now yeah 30 some i don't no, not 30 some like i got the one season the one thing is up to like i think it's 2034 wow the world is a different place (laughs) they don't tell me what celebrities have passed away so i don't know what to do with can i
1: can i call myself up for something Shit, yeah. So we, a couple times, have referenced the the art, one of the articles I did for Sports Headquarters. Yeah, where I well, said you, that Will Myers is going to have a, a good it. season. Sure, I have. I don't know. Um, that Dizzle and I have been sitting there quoting your articles or anything. You want to hear one that I fucked up bad? Yeah. Chris was the C Davis. Oh yeah. <laughs> Chris yeah. C. Davis, who finished the season batting one fifteen with one RBI on the year yes. for twenty three million fucking dollars.
0: Is that million. the prorated version of his salary?
1: No, I think that's the actual okay. that was the salary if you played the full season. Okay. So But still. Yeah. That's pretty scored three runs. I mean, he only had like what he have like ninety at bats or something. So he I don't didn't know. but pretty bad. That's the danger of picking sleepers, and I am proud
0: of you for stepping up to the plate. I, I will say I you fucked see what that I one did up. there, huh? it, that was Pretty up good. To the
1: plate, huh?
0: Yeah, hit that one right out of. The, never mind. Um.
1: <laughs> it's Granny. Well, it, it's time. It's time for a break. <laughs> to the my franchise baseball podcast. I'm Mike. Joined as always by my bestie Glenn. Yes, indeed. And our lovely producer Dizzle. Hi. Could we have a more
0: good guys versus bad guys ALCS? No. The Rays and the Astros. Yep. Yeah.
1: How can fun. anybody not like the the Rays for starters? I know
0: it's like the the yeah, it's the white knight coming to defeat the evil cheaty Trash can banger who just beat the EO Empire. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. There are they're on a mystical quest. Who they, who they beat, beat in the first round?
1: Just gonna ask.
0: Is it the um? Is it the team that they played? Yes, yes,
1: it was. you were yeah, good. They beat the team that they played. I don't remember who it was. Blue oh, Jays. Yeah. Oh, the Blue Jays. Yeah, that's not really. No, you know, can't get mad about
0: that. That's just. But you do have to have a tune up fight. Uh, <laughs> True. You gotta get warmed up. Speaking of tuning up. <laughs>
1: you want to edit that part out? <laughs> yeah, you can leave it if you want.
0: <laughs>
1: Top five? Top five. Top five guitar
0: players. Top five guitar players, speaking of tuning, tuning up. up. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. See, the thing is, I already knew it was going to be guitar players, and that's why I made that horrible joke. That's the thing I'm here for. What are we doing, like... We're like, our top five favorite guitar players, like the I want to listen to this dude play the guitar? Yes. Okay. Well, so we're not just going off of, like, talent, which is not really a measurable thing
1: necessarily. Well, it's still opinion, but yeah. yeah it's a, no, you're, you, your favorite. Yeah. Okay, cool. I can do that, I think. Um, I don't know the order of mine. Uh, I think uh, it'll be okay. Right, I'm going to go with uh, Slash at number five.
0: That's a good one. I'm a big slash guy. My wife's a huge slash yeah. fan. Um, yeah, definitely like like a style, a style all his own, but not necessarily a, a an Eddie Van Halen revolutionizing yeah. the way that people play guitar style. I'll go with my, I, I'll go with my probably my most obscure one for first, um, Steve Vai
1: from Marillion Okay, is one of my favorite guitar players. Um, I'm going to go with number four, who probably should have been my number five, which would be Rich Robinson from the Black Rose. He's the
0: reason I'm not a very good guitar player. Yeah? Yeah. I already told you that before. No. (laughs) When I first got my, I I had been playing acoustic for uh, quite a while, but when I first like got my amp and I, um, took it down to the practice space and I was going to crank it up and, and play some hot licks through it. Now it's like, well, what would I like? You know what's rock and roll I want to learn some like rock and roll songs so I was fixing to like print out all these guitar tabs and take them down and just before the rest of the band got there and I had to go sit behind my drum kit just like start shredding through all these like classic rock and roll songs And yeah. that's when I realized that every Black Crow song is in an open tuning yeah because he plays slide uh, quite often and then just he played in open tunings a lot and I didn't feel like sitting around and tuning my guitar all night to something other than standard So I ditched the whole idea and just kind of went down there and banged out the same like five power chords that I already knew and like went on my career of being like some kind of uh, not so good version of like Johnny Ramone and Johnny Thunders. So uh, so that's I blame Rich Robinson for I should have gone with my initial instinct because my other thought was to I don't want to spoil this because I think one of these guys is going to be on your list. So I'm going to. I'm going to leave okay. it alone. And I am going to say, I'm going to cheat like I always do. Um, number four is whatever two guys were in Thin Lizzy at any given time. <laughs> sure. Uh, but it's got to be both of them. Cause it's, the, it's, it's the tandem. Yeah. yeah. It, it's Scott Gorman, whoever else. It, you have to have the two guitars yeah. uh, to make Thin Lizzy be Thin Lizzy. But okay, whoever else was in Thin Lizzy with Scott Gorman. Eric Clapton. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm not a Clapton guy at all yeah just always always have been doesn't doesn't touch me where i want to be touched i don't That's really it's too bad it doesn't doesn't do it for me um i will say for number three are we on yep michael hedges okay um finger style acoustic and just mainly because i want to throw that style in there and i know it's like it's made like a big kind of comeback lately and i have some friends who do some of the like fingerstyle acoustic stuff and I know a lot of people do it and it's and do arrangements of songs and it's all very cool but like there's something about all the old Michael Hedges uh, when he was doing it when it didn't seem like a lot of it didn't seem like it was a big thing and I don't know there's some really brilliant stuff out there
1: that he did what's sad is like always I'm thinking of other names while I'm doing this of course Um, but number two Jimmy Page
0: okay yeah I a, another wildly influential guitar player. Yeah. I would say. I, Whose as,
1: music I love in general. So
0: I was going to say, and this is not, like, I'm not surprised that like, I'm not surprised that my choices are like further off the beaten path.
1: No, I'm not surprised at all. And
0: yours are a little more, It's a, and that's not, a, I'm, I'm trying not to say that in like a hipster sense. Like I'm somehow I've, I've, I've outsmarted we you. We listen to very different music a lot of the time. We certainly do. Um, uh, I would say number two, I'm going to go David Gilmore. Okay. Pink Floyd. Because the guitar solo in Comfortably Numb is yeah. pretty much the best thing of all time.
1: Do you have an idea who my number one is?
0: Uh, I get a guess. Who do you think? My guess. I kind of i don't know if I want to let you reveal it. If I should write it down. No, you—you you, you can say situation. it. Situation. I. It, so. Is it Stevie Ray Vaughn? No. Okay. No. Cool. BB King. BB King. Okay. Cool. That. That is totally. I was gonna say, that's totally acceptable. You know what? Your list is okay, and we can continue to Thanks. discuss music. Appreciate it. Yeah, I don't know. Stevie Ray Vaughan, probably. If we'd have made this list ten years ago, Stevie Ray Vaughn probably would have been on mine. But Yeah. Hey, I don't know. I it, it's not that he's not great, right? It's not that I don't like. If we this another thing, like if we got in the if we got in the car, if I got in the car and instead of like listening to music that I wanted to listen to, I turned on the local classic rock radio station and Stevie Ray Vaughan was playing. Yeah. I wouldn't be sad. Yeah, be pissed if it was fucking Fleetwood Mac or some trash like that. <laughs> um, although Peter Green, uh, who founded Fleetwood Mac, was a hell of a guitar player, and another guy who passed away uh, this year, but. None of that has anything to do with my. Do you know who my number one guitar player is of all time? Zach exactly. Wilde. Wow, interesting. But no, uh, Brian May. Oh, okay,
1: yeah, Queen. <laughs> yeah, yep. another week
0: of me going on and on about how much I love Queen.
1: I will say there were so there were two that popped in my head while this while we were doing this. Uh, Brian Setzer. Okay. Guy, fucking, I I love his fucking guitar playing from the Brian Setzer Orchestra to Stray Cats, whatever. I just, I love his sound. Um, Sometime,
0: if we're ever with uh, my buddy Will, who uh, produced the last couple of Grand Machine yeah. albums and who I used to work with, I ask him about the time he had to sell Brian Setzer a Brian Setzer signature guitar because <laughs> it's a pretty <laughs> it good It sounds story. amazing.
1: <laughs> uh, the other, Bonnie Raitt. Oh, yeah. I am like the sound of a slide guitar. I like a lot of blues guitar, so. Yeah, I
0: used to, um, you know, you sp- know, B.B. King, Bonnie Raitt, Clapton, um, and bringing up Stevie Ray Vaughan. Is, i used to have a VHS of the like tribute to Stevie Ray Vaughan concert that yeah. all of it like Bonnie Raitt plays and and B.B. King and Buddy Guy, who I was like, oh, yeah. oh, I was super enamored with Buddy Guy for a while. Damn, that should have been on my list somewhere. Buddy Guy, no, the guy I thought like uh, what I the reason I didn't the reason I went with Rich Robinson was because. Was it Joe Perry? Yeah. Yeah. Is because I was, I thought about Aerosmith, but I was like, I don't think I can, ma- like,
1: you need Brad
0: Whitford too.
1: Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, but man, Joe Perry was a badass guitar. I, player. I love Joe Perry, but yeah, not, not, not top five worthy. I thought me. Joe
0: Perry was going to pop up on your list somewhere. But once we got to number one, I was like, I can't, I don't imagine it being. Yeah. Being Joe Perry. And dude, there's a ton of, there's a ton of other guitar players out there that I like. I, oh, I yeah. I tend to like, but I tend to, like, Steve Rothery and David Gilmore and Brian May all play in, like, a very, I don't want to say soulful kind of way. But, like, they're not just the I can play this many notes this fast yeah. kind of thing. It was, like, I can do something really technical and cool, but I can also just
1: do, like, an emotive kind of super yeah. bitching when, and most thing. And most of mine has that, that bluesiness to it.
0: Yeah, it's, and yeah, Slash definitely doesn't get enough credit for the the bluesy aspects of his uh, sure his playing as well. Although I will say one of my favorite guitar... even though it wasn't Zach Wild, one of my favorite guitar solos of all time is Zach Wild. Yeah, because the guitar solo in "Mama, I'm Coming Home" by Ozzy, which is another song by the way that like don't give a damn where I am. If that song comes <laughs> on, it gets turned all the way up. I don't know why. I have yeah, a if super anything,
1: Ozzy is comes on it's probably
0: getting turned off i have a super super weak spot for mama i'm coming home and that guitar solo and it's not even like it doesn't do anything he just kicks ass it's yeah. super cool i really like it i'm a big fan of that man that's my uh that's the guitar player list for me okay thunder should have been on there
1: too to be totally <laughs> honest. should probably think this whole thing some johnny thunders do you want to do you want to end the podcast and then you can just record your own top 5 and just kind of put it in? was wasn't that what I was going to do last week or
0: 2 weeks ago with Springsteen yeah. yeah. songs? Or just yeah. keep like tossing a new yeah, Springsteen song out there for for some reason or another. Just to keep re-editing, re-adding guitar players as I think of them. Yeah. Like who's your top 5 guitar players? Who are the last 5 guitar players I listened to? <laughs> Cuz that's probably yeah. the the correct answer at yeah. some points in there. So uh yeah. Anyway, we've got it. We are ready to. We're we are ready to fire off into the the penultimate round of baseball playoffs.
1: Yeah.
0: Final four. So what do we got? Yankees. No. Or no, no. Rays. Astros. Yep. Dodgers. Braves. Braves. So. Braves. Rays for us. Yeah.
1: Dodgers. Astros for the rest of the world. I'm not wrong, right? I think I think for the rest of the world, at, le- at least the, the Dodgers need to make it. I, I think want... I, I think the Dodgers, the the, the the those two playing together again after after this whole season of scandal from that World Series. I think if
0: you want to generate interest beyond baseball fans,
1: one or both of those teams needs to be in this World Series. Just imagine if those two are in the World Series and the Astros beat them again. Yeah. Yeah. everybody's got to kind of shut up
0: yeah I, I i would say that that's uh fairly accurate and it'll be fun to see so we'll probably talk uh more about that stuff next week here on the my baseball podcast for fans by fans it's hate
1: results, sir.